Welcome, everyone, to hey. Sister Brunch, yeah. the podcast where our sisters talk about work in the industry. I'm so excited to have our guest today, Verdelia Shaw. She is a producer and educator, and she leads the media production program at Santa Monica College, right where we are right now in this beautiful studio. She's also one of the producers behind Race Relay. It's a theatrical production using drama, music, and video to explore the state of race relations in America today. It's are there, are there race problems? Are there, is there a problem? Is Maybe that, just a few. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's almost all taken care of, yeah, right? right. It's yes. post-racial since Obama. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that's great about Rodelia is she co-produced the documentary Cocaine Prison. It made its debut at TIFF, right? In 2017? Yes. And yes. We should say that's Toronto amazing. International Film Festival. Yes. That's yes. What yes. yes. Toronto yes. International Film Festival, yes. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing experience. Awesome. It's so interesting because... Um, our friend here is this amazing educator, but I met her when she was a trainee. We were both yes. DGA trainees, Love Directors it. Guild of America. So she's worked on a ton of different sets, like Queen Sugar and The Office like and House sister of shows. She's worked Scandal. on sister shows like yes. Scandal and Queen Sugar. Killed I'm like, it. Yes. wow. Yes. And she also holds a position um, at the DGA uh, as one of the members of the DGA African American St- Steering Committee and um, also as a part of the Western ADUPM Council Education Committee. Yes. Nice. And so. she went to Clark Atlanta and Georgia State. And I yes. love GSU. I've been there a couple times. Oh. And yeah, it's such a beautiful school, great campus. And um, I think lots of good people coming out of there. And excitingly, so many things happening in, in Atlanta now. It's the number one place for production. Wow. I just want to say, after this podcast, guys, you're going to feel really guilty that you're sitting around doing nothing because Rodelia is on two committees. She's a teacher. She's a producer. She's a creator. And then you're grading papers and you have friends. How do you do it all? You're I don't incredible. know. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. How do you do it? Um, the main thing is just knowing that I have this vision that I want out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a part of projects that really um, support our community specifically and Mm -hmm. women. And that is really what keeps me going every day. It's like, I feel like, how dare I get tired? When I think about just us being in this room, the Mm -hmm. fact that we are even here, I think about how some people, somebody in our line made an active decision to live. Mm. Not like happenstance, not like I'm just going to get through today, but like an active decision to stay alive mm. because they were thinking about the future and they were thinking about a legacy and they were thinking about us before mm. we were even here. Mm. And also my grandmother, my mom's mother, uh, she died when I was three months old, unfortunately. Mm. And my mom would always tell the story of every morning my grandmother would get her knees would hit the floor at 5 30 in the morning mm. and she would pray for her kids mm. and their kids and their kids and my mom said the whole house would shake mm. with her praying mm. for us her name is willie may powell mm. and she built a church across the street from her house with her own hands wow. and it's still standing to this day mm. um And it's just so amazing to be a part of that history and that Mm. legacy. And she had to drop out of school when she was eight years old in the third grade. So that was all the learning, book learning she had. Mm. And so the fact that I 
am able to go to CAU and to go to <laughs> Georgia State. Yes. Now I'm an educator. I'm pursuing a PhD at some point. Yes. Um, it's like, how dare I not do that? Absolutely. When 150 years ago, it was illegal to teach us how to read. Mm-hmm. At what point did you know that storytelling was what you wanted to do directing was what you wanted to do producing was what when did that spark happen Ooh, so that's kind of um that's very interesting because i think about that often like when did i decide i want to do this um in the fourth grade we had to do a project on um black history month and the only people i knew with books was our next door neighbor betty (laughs) wilder and her husband Harrison, they they had they moved to Florida from New York, mm. and Harrison had these books um, in their closet. They didn't have wow. a bookshelf up either, oh, wow. right? And they was like, oh, just go into the the closet and get a book out because they had all these oh. black books. Yes. Oh wow! One of the books was a lynching book. What? And wow. I I don't think they had looked at the boxing years, right? But I will never forget oh, my no. nine year old mind. Mm looking at these images mm-hmm. and the famous one I forget the brother's name but it's where they um they burn him so bad and it looks like he's on a railroad track and there's smoke coming off of him and oh. I was transfixed Jeez. as a nine-year-old as a nine-year-old yeah, right um I mean there was a lot of books in the box sure mm-hmm. but of course this was like a coffee table book right, right. and um the images must have been. And the images have stayed with me yeah, to this day. Sure. And I remember feeling like, what is going on? Yeah. What? Like, just shock. Mm. And as I got older, it's it had this reinforcement in me to understand more about black people and black history. Mm. So starting there, I I loved writing. That was like my favorite thing. And I wanted to go to an HBCU. Mm. So I'm at Clark. I fall in love with black history, black culture. Everything is taught from a black perspective. And I am editor, assistant editor of the yearbook my sophomore year. I'm helping out my friend who's the editor of the newspaper. Literally, we would be spending the night there getting the newspaper Mm -hmm. to bed or Mm -hmm. working on the yearbook, like just really devoted. And unfortunately, and not just there, I think probably all institutions, there's a lack of people helping out with student media, Mm. which I think is like one of the best places for you to get some experience in writing, um, leadership, management, uh, knowing how to get things in on deadline. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, soft skills that you learn in a very safe environment because it doesn't have to be perfect, right? right? right. This is where you get your professional polish. Yes. So while I was doing that, um, we came up with this idea to do this TV show called Perspectives. Nice. Because we had a TV studio at Clark. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. We had so much drama with some of the (laughs) faculty that didn't get behind us. But there was one, Charles Easley. I love him to this day. Name dropping Charles. He is amazing. Okay. Hey, Charles. I'm hoping he's going to listen to this (laughs) podcast. Because I am blowing you up, brother. You were so phenomenal in helping us and be supportive of what it is that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And 
and because of him, I'm the kind of faculty advisor that I am today. Yes. Because yes. I know that you need people that can open doors, mm-hmm. that can make things easier for you to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just trying to grow and learn. I yeah. mean, we weren't perfect, but we knew enough to go buy food for our crew and our guests. Oh, yeah, and have a green room. Such an important and we stuff. built a set. Like I oh, went wow. I went to visit I think last year and um Brian Jenkins, who's now over the T V station at Clark, he said, Yeah, we still have the wall, the brick wall from your set. Oh wow. From nineteen ninety three. This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. We're gonna take a quick musical break. We'll be back in a moment. Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and Fanchon Cox. Now back to our interview. One of the things we really want to make sure we talk about is like, how do you survive in this industry when mm-hmm. you come in and you don't have resources and you don't don't know people and you're really speaking to how early on you started to plant those seeds for yourself. Once you got to college, even if you didn't know where you what you were doing in the beginning, you were like, I'm going to go for it. And you created this amazing show, clearly. Right, and right. you had those mentors, but still, most importantly, you were just going for it. Right. So by the time you get out of college it's like you have this experience and you know more than a lot of people that you're going to be encountering here in Hollywood right you've actually had the hands-on yeah man when I tell you like I um I apply for scholarships all the time and I had gotten an internship to the Philadelphia Daily News for a summer a paid internship I was making like really good money every week and it was interesting because it was um, six weeks in news mm-hmm. on the copy desk as a copy editor mm-hmm. and six weeks in sports. Oh, wow. Right? Yes. And on the news desk, I was one of two women. Wow. And one of two black people. We were the two black people on the okay. news desk. And there were no other people of color. They were How all white people? men. I think it was eight of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then on the sports desk, again, I was one of two women. Mm-hmm. And... She was white and in the LGBTQ community, right? Uh It was such an amazing summer to be a part of that. But I knew I didn't want to do news. Okay, I wanted to do something more creative. And um, while I was on the news desk, Rosemary, the other African-American woman, said, well, there's a production company across the street. You should check them out. And so one day I went over there, and it just so happened to be the day they were interviewing George Frazier, the the boxer. Oh, wow. Manila. Okay, yes. The brother that was in there doing stuff was like, yeah, I'm also shooting music videos on the weekend. Come on, you know, this yes. weekend and help out. So... I'm um I'm copy editor by day and then on the weekends I'm helping out with these music videos all over <laughs> Philly and we're piling into a cargo van yes. and then we'll say oh stop and then we get out the truck and we set up dolly track shoot. and we shoot right <laughs> of course I don't know we're stealing locations all over Philadelphia because <laughs> right. all the equipment and crafty right. and props and everything is in that in cargo that, right, van the, yep, yep. and I'm just riding along for like the ride of it Love and it. it was like so thrilling like I'm like 19 and it's like this, this is, is what life. I want to do yes. <laughs> so I get yes. back to Atlanta I get an internship on Drop Squad it was a 48 career meal production okay Butch Robinson, I think, was the producer of that. I just didn't get in the right department 
to like really get my full on Eric LaSalle. film. Oh, yeah, it was wow. in that. Yeah, Vonnie Von Curtis, Curtis Hall. Hall. Okay, yeah. Okay. And I I didn't get into it as much as I should have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I had such a hands-on experience in Philly. I'm no, I'm right? laughing because uh, IMDb review. Worst movie ever. <laughs> one out of ten. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's no. terrible. But no, you got you had some people in there. Yeah, Casey it, Lemons. Yeah, and it was it was some good Ving folks Rames. in that film. Wait, Casey Lemons was in it. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even realize she was an actor. But then there was the whole that pattern keeps coming back for yeah. you, right? Is yeah. like this. What are the the those connections between history and who we are now, right? right? That's the the kind of work I want to do. I love it. I love it. And also another pattern that I'm noticing, especially now that Anya read that review, is is that it's good and okay to, to, um, you know, learn on kind of low risk projects, right? Like you were doing at school, then doing this first movie and the music videos. That's a good, that's how you cut your teeth, right? It's like, it's not going to ruin your career. You know, it's, it's just everybody getting that experience, right? And I mean, the more you play, the more you, the better you get. And then we have this thing called host broadcast training program. Okay. Uh, with the 96 Olympics. I'm dating myself so you can see how old That's I am. all good. <laughs> um, so I was training to be uh, a tape operator. Um, they were training all of us at the various colleges so that we could be interns when the Olympics came to Atlanta. Okay. And I got so blessed. I was uh, in the Olympic Stadium. So for opening and closing ceremonies, I was a camera assistant. Oh, wow. And wow. I was on the 50-yard line. It was, like, amazing. And I was supposed to be the RF signal receiver for the um cameras during track and field okay Wait, which you was, want to really quickly just say so, what rf yeah so at the time you know the cameras they would send a signal back to the control room okay. from what they were recording and i was supposed to have the thing on my back and kind of be camera assistant to the camera operators okay. during track and field but the guy that i was assigned to was like well he had some other person that he wanted and um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was relegated to control room I, which was fine by me because I was an AC <laughs> yeah, for right. track and field. Yes. And okay. um, that was amazing. I was in the control room I, which was the international feed, which was wow. everyone in the control room was from Finland. It was a Finnish Ooh. team. Oh, my gosh. And so, like, I was assigned to a tape operator. I just needed to know the flags and the time code number that I was writing down for him to, you know, feed that to the system. Then in Atlanta, I went on uh, to graduate school. Yes, at Georgia State University, and in, it's, and what do you, in in what field or communication? Uh-huh. It's a yeah. master's degree of communication, and I learned a little three D, a little visual effects. Okay. I was doing compositing. I also shot a, yes. a small short film while I was there. Nice. I wrote a feature length screenplay, yes. and I did a master's thesis because the program, <laughs> the what? program, there was a lot of requirements for me to get out I of told there. Y'all, okay. you're gonna feel real. Yeah, no, I'm real lazy sitting here like, what? Just FYI, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so, okay. I was like, I had to do all this stuff to get out of there, right? Yes. But while I was there, I was working on Laugh of Palooza, which was like is a comedy of course, festival. Of course, you were. Yes. Jamie Foxx was the headliner. Okay, oh, and wow. that's where I met Jamie Foxx, Marcus King, yes, all these people. So we'd have all these comedians come down. Um, and you know perform and it was a festival it was really a brilliant idea i wish they would have kept that up Mm. and then from there i got a job at a production company 
and it, but while I was in graduate school. So I was doing all this while I was in graduate school. This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. Join our community. We're on Twitter at Sister Brunch and Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. Did you know what this is? Were you asking, were you in your head like, what is this? I'm gonna tell you, it's Sister Brunch. Now back to our interview. I think there are like three things to being in production and being successful. One, you have to have the smarts. Two, you have to have the drive. And three, there's like, there's a little bit of sprinkling of like luck, like where have Mm -hmm. I placed myself? Mm -hmm. And I really like, based on your life story that you've just told us, you really see that. Like you've placed yourself in places where you've been lucky to ascend into these places. And then you're smart enough to hold on to it and be able to build on it. And I think that's really important for people listening um, to us about you know this whole production world is that you you have to have those kind of three plong, prongs to move along and and also the diversifying the knowledge like you yes, I feel like I'd too. actually be afraid to work with you because you know everybody's job yeah <laughs> and you'd be like you're not doing that correctly uh, right. let, you, like you could step given all the things that you've done you could step in on anything and be like, let me just take this over in a good way you know what I'm yeah. saying like that's amazing at the same wow. time, though, I feel like I'm not, like, an expert. Which is what a producer yet. is, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can okay. continually you the, grow mm-hmm. your, your skills, but knowing enough to have a dialogue with the experts that are working yeah. for you mm-hmm. is, um, I think, the the biggest kind of responsibility of a producer. Yeah, a so it's point. your job to continue to learn, but you don't have to learn everything. You just need to be able to have the dialogue. Right. Yeah. right. You know? Well, that is definitely, that's definitely true. And you, I know you're good at that. <laughs> you, I know you. Well, and, and you teach it. So yeah. you've got yeah. to be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that company, we had three shows on three different networks. Wow. And yes. I, I think the greatest lesson out of that experience was I thought that I had arrived like okay. I went to a P Diddy party. Like oh, yeah, you were like, yes, I'm like, here. Man, I'm like, I'm she said, doing I went to done. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yes. like, I'm doing it. But what I didn't understand was I was in Atlanta, <laughs> not uh-huh. in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Didn't know really mm-hmm. the deal. Okay. And after those shows were aired and th- we had were done, we had like this time period of like nothing mm. and I hadn't written my thesis yet okay and so I asked for like some time off so that I could do that and I was told oh you need to resign so I did and what? that was the scariest moment for me because I thought that I was at a production company that I was going to be at the rest of my life like, yes. you know how you're thinking yes. and you're young you're and you're like just starting out yes. and I was young I was really really young but I also knew that I wanted that degree yes. going back to my grandma right yeah, oh. yeah yes. um going back to the slaves in the field mm-hmm. right how dare i not mm. and so i i called the bluff and i was like okay this is my resignation because that was so important because i had already invested so much time into mm-hmm. it yep. and i'm like this is all i have to do is write a paper although it's a little bit more than that yeah but then I need to go ahead and do that because yeah. I'm yep. the type of person I have to finish where yes. I start. Yes, which they it, should really appreciate right. about no you. <laughs> no matter how long it takes, I'm going to finish what yes. I start. Yeah. Yes. So then, um, and that turned out to be, I think, the best decision yeah. ever in my yeah. life. So then I, you know, I d- d- finished my thesis. I, in, in the meantime, I got these jobs with these 
uh, low budge uh, cable stations, cable channels. Can I just say one thing? I'm just thinking about it. But you you made this choice to leave your job to mm-hmm. finish your uh, thesis, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's an important thing for other people to think about as well. Is that's that in point. this industry, people will suck you dry of yep. your talent until you are a husk. They, it's not about you. It's about the project and the company and the whatever. So it's very important to not get um, colored by all of that Mm -hmm. stuff and to make choices for yourself. And you may take a step back in doing so, so, but you'll always move forward again. I I truly believe that. So and I feel like that's a you you exemplify that as well. But like that's something for people to remember when they step into this, because it can be so um, alluring and mm. seductive mm-hmm. and easy to stay in and a place that's taking leave. you to p- and scary scary parties. To and yeah. Yeah. I think you'll yeah. never work again. Yes, exactly. I think you'll yeah. never work again. Right, right. Yes. And, right. and it's like, this too shall pass. Like, exactly. No words and and the world is wide, yes. right? So there's so especially much, now. especially now, yeah. with all the content and so, right, so many platforms, it's the world is wide. And so yeah. no matter what happens in one place, it does yes. not mean your oh career God. is over. Yes. Exactly. It's just the beginning. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah. And it was that was good because I was humbled. I was and I did uh, multi camera directing. Um, wow. Not not big. We yeah. were like little jewelry on a table. Yeah, but we had to direct talent a little Love bit. Um, Chiron, I learned how to do graphics and <laughs> camera, goodness. like all that kind of stuff. Because yes. we had this little thing that we did every every day. It was yeah. a, it was a daily show, and that was really good experience. So I did that a number of years. And um, my friend here in LA was like, "You've got to move here. You got to move. Mm. You got to move to LA," and I didn't want to. I was going to be fine just working at the little shopping channel the rest mm-hmm. of my life, I think. Mm-hmm. I had some ideas that I wanted to do, but... Mm-hmm. It wasn't but, my... like, Atlanta hadn't had its boom Right. Yet. Oh, Tyler Perry had not right, woken up right, Atlanta right. yet. Okay. He was doing plays That's what I'm curious. Stuff. Okay, Yeah, gotcha. it wasn't... He hadn't done... You need. You were going to... Because now a person might not say you need to go to Hollywood if right. you're right. in Atlanta. But, of exactly. course, at that time, it was... Everybody exactly. was like, yeah. you have to spend time in Hollywood. And at the time, too, like, I would get on as a PA every now and then, rarely, on mm-hmm. a commercial project in Atlanta but uh, I'll be honest like being a black person a big black girl in Atlanta like no you weren't like like coming for me like oh yes come and be on our our show or I remember one time I was a, a PA for a, a, get, a commercial and it was fun and the production coordinator was like um you're just so enthusiastic like oh, basically that I was just so like you know, and I probably was like really excited to be on set, yes. be on these trucks, and you know, I and I've I've been working up until this yes. time. Like, yeah, I've been you know doing what you're doing, stuff. right? But I think it just kind of made her feel a little, I don't know, intimidated. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know be the word for I, it. Hey, you are listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. We will be right back. Now back to our interview. I did that. And then uh, my friend who lived here, she was like, you got to come to L.A. and we can just take L.A. by storm. Right. Because we can be like uh, with with Brian Frazier and Ron Howard. Right. Uh uh That was the idea. Okay. And then I come to L.A. Uh and it doesn't quite work out (laughs) that way. (laughs) Um, But the thing about it is that 
I still thought I wanted to do film as uh-huh. opposed to, like, I didn't take television seriously. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I moved here 2005. I work a little bit, um, multi-cam shows. I was a talent coordinator. Okay. Um, where I met another lifelong friend. Her name is Michelle Latart. She's an executive in charge of production. Yes. Freaking amazing. Badass producer. Mm. Where? where? Uh, Michelle no. Latart. She's a freelance oh, producer. Freelance. Okay. She's an executive in charge of production. And besides the Olympics, the other amazing project I worked on that will always be in my memory is I worked on 2009 inauguration. Oh, cool. Wow. She was the producer for the balls, then all of the Ooh, things that they did for charitable productions. That's amazing. And she's like, you know, come to D.C. and be a production coordinator <sighs> yes. on this. And I was like, thank you, Michelle. That speaks to two things that I think are so important. One is that you were coming in already with all that experience and being a hard worker, like all the things that somebody looks for to know that you could handle a job like that. And two, for her to understand that it really just takes saying, you're coming with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just to make that decision for other black women and mm-hmm. say like this is what's going to happen you're going to come and do this is everything yeah like that's well michelle isn't black <laughs> no yeah, but that's definitely. what i'm saying because yeah. the fact that she d- did that with you i think is lacking often yeah yeah, yeah. i had worked with her on the gospel of music which was a tv one show okay, okay. she was the eic on that okay. and she she i did like four seasons or three four three or four seasons and so she got to see my work ethic yeah, and how exactly. i you know handled myself right and so she felt comfortable like you know bringing, bringing me with yeah. with her mm. so um and so like I, honestly when i think of all the stuff that i've worked on the olympics and inauguration are two like yes. that's, that's those are the things that yes. I, are like amazing yes. projects yes. and they're broadcasting projects right yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. so then okay. I, I get to the dga the training program which i got through that which, experience. let me just say something <laughs> all of your experience up until this point you chose to go to a trainee program good point it takes a certain personality and a dedication to your process and what you want to yes. do to yep. do that. Yep. Well, even though I had a lot of experience when I got into the training program, the first show I went on, they were like, they, they what were, show? I'm not going to say um, Right. But they, we'll but they, find out. they completely dismissed they, any of your previous right. experience. And, you know, I, I didn't know how Hollywood did things. Like I had a lot of experiences in Atlanta, right. but there was, was all like new... figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I want to definitely say about us in the community, mm. like we have this huge thing right now about diversity mm-hmm. and people of color working behind the camera, yes. especially yes. being producers and making decisions and all of that good stuff. The reason why uh, me and my friend did not succeed when I first moved here in 2005 was because I I did not feel secure that I would be able to book, you know, eight, five tons for a for a show and understand why we have like eight grips and eight set lighting technicians and okay. base camp and all of that. Like, right. you know, we were making our stuff by hook or crook. I'm yes. driving around in a cargo van in Philadelphia yes. making stuff happen. Now you're talking about getting permits. You're talking about doing contracts, right. making sure people are paid correctly, having an accounting department. Yes. And I did not know that stuff. 
right? right? So the training program helped me see what I wanted to know was like when you put a call sheet together, all those names on a call sheet and what that means. Well, okay. help you understand the network process yes. because you'd really been doing kind of an independent process. Correct. So there's two different processes yep. right. and, yes. and the this network is, really is a whole different culture. Right. Yes. And right. if you can't, if you don't know it, it can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah. Right. And we yeah. have to know that stuff. Okay. Yes. But we usually aren't in places to get the exactly. training to learn that stuff because there's only one DJ training program. Right. right? Yep. And there's only a, and, and then I would look at the black folk that would come out on these sets of these network shows and half the time they would not even say two words to me. Mm-hmm. Only one. Uh, Kareen Huggins, I think that's her oh, name. Yeah. Calling people out. Hey, Kareen. When I tell you this sister would sit down and have lunch with mm-hmm. me yes. and what that meant to yes. me as a trainee that's what I'm on saying. that set. Like, this is what I'm, we have to do that and be that for one another. This has been amazing and inspiring and it's so wonderful. And you've said so much of this already during the interview, but if you could leave, if you could just have one drop of wisdom. Yes. Mm. Always be humble Mm. and open to learn because we are always learning and you are never too big to learn something new. And um, definitely that's like, I'm a lifelong learner and be that Um, be kind because you never know who you're talking to and where they're going um, in their lives and always, always, always be of service. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why we're here. We're here to serve. And so I know that was like multiple things. We'll take it. We will take it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. That was our conversation with Redelia Shaw, who leads media production at Santa Monica College, where we recorded a lot of our shows for season one. We're so grateful to you, Redelia, and to Santa Monica College. Oh. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That was the final show of our first season, but we will be back later in the year with more shows with some amazing sisters in Hollywood and the media industry at large. Our executive producer is Christabel Nsiabwadi and our show producer is Brittany Turner. All right, so while we're making new shows, please visit our website, sisterbrunch.com. Listen to all of our past amazing guests. Listen to them a second and third and fourth time. And also please share. If you love what you're hearing, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sister Brunch. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Sister Brunch Podcast. Talk to you soon.